For the week of November 10th, 2019, this is Star Wars TV Talk, where we dive deep into all things Star Wars TV, as well as the latest news coming out of Lucasfilm. With Mandalorian just being days away, we are continuing our discussion of Star Wars Resistance Season 2, Episode 5, The Engineer. And to help me with this is John. John, how you doing? Doing pretty good, yeah. The the countdown. Every day I go to the, the Disney Plus sign-up page to see if anything's changed. And nope, five days and counting as of uh, earlier this afternoon. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, coming quick. Can't wait. Yeah, we are just so, 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 so close. Uh, but we have some new content flowing through Star Wars Resistance. And uh, quite a bit happened in this episode. Yeah, yeah, this was a fun one. So the Colossus receives a distress signal and Captain Dozan Yeager feel that it is a risky attempt to try to save the passengers. But Kaz believes that the right thing to do is to at least investigate. So him and Sonara go and they find a computer engineer, Nina, who has escaped the First Order. Mm-hmm. Supposedly. All right. I know that Kaz is a good guy and everything, but <laughs> yeah, Kaz is still a little green. Uh, yeah, he, he needs to be a little more world weary. You know, uh, everyone else on the show has been burned enough times that they can smell a double cross coming. But Kaz, yeah, just blissfully unaware. Yeah. And it's like he doesn't even he's so focused on being doing the right thing that he doesn't even see the potential dangers. Like, that's mm-hmm. not the first thing that comes to his mind. Um He's obviously quick to do the right thing, and he's being a good person, but are we allowed to fire him from being a spy because... Yeah, no. (laughs) At this point, it's almost irredeemable because he's almost gotten the Colossus blown up twice, right? Like, he's led the First Order to them literally twice in the span of five episodes. Um, Yeah, it's... At a certain point, it is kind of indefensible. Makes for a fun show. Like, this this was a lot of fun, but yeah, come on. He's... (laughs) I know he's young, but geez, at a certain point, you gotta, you gotta realize that these are high stakes games that you're playing. Well, and as I'm watching this, I'm of course of the, uh, little bit older crowd that watches the show um but as soon as kaz meets nina and hears that she's a computer engineer he's like oh that's great Mm -hmm. the colossus needs an engineer because we're kind of stranded yes everything just always works out for the best (laughs) (laughs) it's like let me just tell you everything that we're going through even though i have just met you Mm -hmm. but hey so we get Nina back on the Colossus, and she's, of course, open to helping this, uh, helping the Resistance get all, uh, get the Colossus all built up in nice shape and get going. And she, quote unquote, discovers that uh, some data is suggesting that the pirates are stealing the ship's power. Mm-hmm. Now, she's a good spy. Yeah. No, her <laughs> subterfuge was flawless as a saboteur. Top notch. I understand why the First Order, you know, enlisted her her aid because uh, she knows what she's doing. Yeah, like to the point where she gets onto the Colossus and the obvious, the main barrier for the First Order and attacking the Colossus has been the pirates. The pirates have been a huge deterrent. Um, and so her first task as, she, as soon as she gets on the Colossus is, all right, let's uh, let's get the pirates out of here. See, I kind of I kind of liked how they set that up. Right from the jump, she's always wary of the pirates. And, you know, she asks some pointed questions like, are there all these pirates? You know, are, are they always around here? And, you know, she, she mentions um, on her own ship, 
you know, like when they say that she asks if they're pirates and then they say, well, actually, technically she is a pirate and she's like ready to be standoffish and (laughs) go back and (laughs) take her chances with her busted up ship. So they already established that she's got some kind of beef with pirates. So when you start to see her throwing them under the bus and setting them up, you're like, oh, well, maybe she just really wants pirates gone. Like she's good, you know, she's redeemable, but she understands pirates are bad. So she's kind of like being being cunning and and trying to rid the station of them so you almost think that maybe there's something sort of quasi noble going on uh Mm -hmm. so i really like that because it did kind of have you guessing yeah and she's she's of course a complex character even though we get her for maybe you know this episode ran for what 22 minutes and we get her for a good 17 out of those (laughs) right i would say and she's already established herself as a more complex character that I'm assuming that we're going to see again. Well, yeah, now she's uh, marked for death and we know that she isn't all bad, right? Like they make her a sympathetic character. You know, that she had a a tragic upbringing and that's why she's taken on this rogue lifestyle. We know that uh, Niku (laughs) uh, is kind of smitten. So there's obviously a lot of threads here that they could continue to to pull out with her story. Uh, it is actually pretty exceptional and a credit to the writing that in the span of one episode, they were able to establish her, reveal her backstory in a reasonably organic way and kind of make you a lover and hater all at the same time. There's, there's just a lot kind of stewing with her character. And I was kind of surprised that they were able to take us on that ride and have it um, just feel so satisfying that we got to know her, you know, in the span of one episode as much as we did. Yeah. And I think that everyone, um, as far as the older generation that is watching this and even some of the older, uh, children that watch the show, they're probably catching on pretty quick that, that she's a, uh, spy in a sense (laughs) and that, and that she's up to some funny business. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, the organic is kind of what I want to touch on here. So she develops this relationship with Niku very quickly. Um, and her her and Niku kind of have this little uh, this conversation, which is a very creative way to to get us invested into this character and for us to learn a lot about her in a way that seems natural, like yeah. you were saying, because this is a conversation where Niku, you know, poses a question about the pirates and she says, oh, you know, I was enslaved by, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the pirates did this and this and this is why I hate them. And so we get that sense like, oh, okay, she does have some real beef with the pirates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's not a straight up villain in the first right. order sense. Yeah, and and we even see, you know, that that she's having some signs of regret when Niku tries talking to her. And I like that he kind of just jumps out in the line of fire there. So when Kaz mm-hmm. is trying to dodge her blaster, uh, he just kind of gets out and, and is just like, whoa, you betrayed me. You lied to me. Like, what's going on? And you see that she has a moment of regret until mm-hmm. she finds out that, that Kaz used that as a nice little trick. Yeah. And earlier in the episode, as her and Niku are kind of talking as they're fixing the ship and getting to know each other, you get the sense that maybe she's manipulating him or trying to extract information from him. You, you, you question her motives. What's kind of nice is that by the end of it, you realize that no, all that was sincere. She's mm-hmm. got a job to do. She is out for herself. But she was genuinely taken by him and she would have hoped that maybe he would have left the Colossus and come with her on her adventure. So uh, it is kind of interesting that some of the the tropes of the saboteur, mm-hmm. they, they didn't play into all of them, that they did leave a lot of uh, her character's motivations uh, redeemable, which is, yeah, right. just a surprising way to uh, unfold that character. And I just, I 
I just really enjoyed it. it. It made the reveal at the end and her betrayal. It made it a little bit more bittersweet. Right. It, it made the whole thing a little more poignant because they took so much time to establish her character with Niku. And uh, yeah, I was surprisingly affected, actually, I gotta say. Yeah. And, and I really have enjoyed this kind of this new generation of Star Wars where in The Last Jedi, we get this character of DJ who is basically, you know, don't join. Just, you know, if you want to stay alive, don't join either side. Just sure. remain neutral and, and go and in his mindset. It's go where the money takes you or go, which go whichever way is the best for survival. Right. Um, and, you know, you get the sense, especially now when we have this character of Nina, who uh, who is also not necessarily doing the same thing, but is cutting deals to stay alive is what I'm kind of getting a sense of. And the galaxy is filled with these type of people. I I don't think that the galaxy is black and white. And we got that sense from Kaz's parents from season one of the resistance being a band of radicals. Right. Uh, And so I just, I I like that theme. It's a very uh, interesting theme and it kind of makes you want to explore more of the galaxy at the time. And I hope the Mandalorian kind of gets into that where we see, a universe that isn't necessarily <laughs> black and white. Well, I have a feeling you're going to get your wish. If there was yes. one faction of the galaxy that you can always count on to be riding that middle gray area of morality, it's going to be the bounty hunters and mm-hmm. the, the scum that they need to interact with. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. We're getting into the underworld. So you are going to get a lot of um, anti-heroes and people with different motivations beyond your archetypal um, fairy tale kind of caricatures that you get in like the, the classic trilogy. Uh, yeah, we, we are getting into more complex territory with the stories. It's nice that that has seeped into a cartoon that can acquaint younger audiences with good storytelling. So often the storytelling comes second to what's just going to, you know, dazzle uh, a younger audience. And in this case, no, they, they really spent a lot of time in this one just with a, a character portrait. And you mm-hmm. just, you don't see that in yeah. fair that's geared towards this age group. And uh, I got to applaud it for my money. I think this is probably the, the high watermark for the season so far, as far as like a, a fun mystery slash spy mm-hmm. double cross adventure. This was, this was a smart episode. Yeah, and even uh, going back to that, even Sonara's task in this in this episode where she is sensing some funny business yeah, yeah. and so Sonara starts digging around and she has a lot to do. I mean, this is a 22-minute episode mm-hmm. and all these characters have quite a bit to do. Uh, I mean, the only we didn't really get to see uh, much of anything else, but between these, you know, four or five characters that were that were taking up the screen time, they all had something to do and yep. contributed in a mega way here, mm-hmm. you know, for, for kids fair, it's a lot, but it, it's great. Uh, it was, it was a lot of fun watching this. And then of course we get the episode going back to the story, uh, the greatest story of season two, where it goes back to that first order theme um, and what the first order is doing, um, hiring yes. these, these spies, hiring these individuals that will go and sabotage for them to make their job a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And then we see that they are nice and sinister as usual, because as soon as Nina gets away and we find that, that Niku has fixed the damage that she caused, then it is now Nina's fault. And they're after her when they, and when they find her, it's not going to be a great thing for her. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting when we first meet Nina, she gives this big speech about how the, the first order has just, you know, spread throughout the galaxy and worlds are just acquiescing and you know, that it's this terrible darkness. You realize by the end of the episode, that wasn't necessarily a ruse that wasn't insincere. 
she was caught up in the middle of this. She made her choice, right. you know, and it's not a, you know, a redeemable choice, but you, you do understand that, um, she's obviously seen the might of the first order and she has more perspective on really what's going on. And she recognizes that at least from her perspective, there's, there's really no hope. I can either side with these guys, make enough money to go, you know, get out of Dodge, <laughs> get while well, the getting's good, or I can try and be noble and probably get crushed. Like all of the, you know, the right. worlds that, uh, I've been just watching fall left and right. So, uh, yeah, again, they, they build in a lot of sympathy and they, they give her a bit of a, a tragic arc and just a, a bit of motivation that, uh, while you question at first, once you know, she's a saboteur, you question whether any of that was sincere by the end of it, you realize, no, no, it, it's, it's all sincere. Everything she said was true. She was even trying to confess to Niku at one point, you know, and try right. to win him over. Um, yeah. What fun, what fun. Don't know what else to say, but, uh, I just want to convey the idea that this really was uh, a well-executed episode, especially from a storytelling standpoint. Yeah, and I mean, we're about halfway through with this uh, this half of the season, because I'm assuming that they're going to do the same thing as last year and, and give us that uh, nice little mid-season finale. Oh, I, uh, I don't know if they're going to, because... Oh, yeah, that would make sense, because we get the Rise of Skywalker right at that point. So, I mean, we're yeah. probably halfway through this season. Yeah, see, I, I want it to wrap up, because I want the Colossus somewhere in the background of that horde of resistant ships <laughs> that show up to uh, finally confront the the Emperor's fleet or whatever there in that in the Rise of Skywalker trailer. Mm-hmm. I think it would be amazing if there was a live action version of the Colossus yeah. on screen at some point, just as a nice little denouement for the season. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Star Wars show uh, that is run by, of course, the people down at Lucasfilm, they're claiming it's in there. Um, they're saying the Colossus is in there? Yeah, they're, they're claiming that, that it's there. I'm not seeing anything. Who's, uh, who's, sorry, who's saying that? Lucasfilm itself is saying that? So the Star Wars show, which is... Right, the, that's officially sanctioned Lucasfilm content. Yeah, and and they're, they're saying it's in there somewhere, so... All right. Well, I mean, they would know. They would know. <laughs> but that would be great. Like, I'm expecting it to not get much screen time, but just knowing right. it's there means we know that there's a trajectory for this season. Like, they, we know where the story is going mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. And and I kind of, uh, I think we both thought that from the very beginning that, that oh, yeah. this was going to wrap up uh, at that point. Um, now, I got a little too excited at the start of this episode when, uh, I can't remember which character it was, but basically someone says, I think it was the droid, uh, Captain Doza's droid up there at, at, in the captain's Oh, we got a message coming said, through. Yeah, We have a distress yeah, yeah. signal coming in. I was like, oh, yeah, it's that's the Leia. distress. That's it's Leia. the one. Yeah. It's the one. It's the crate one. Um, but then it, it turns out it was just the whole... Nina. So I'm assuming that uh, I'm assuming that Filoni and company knew that 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 would kind of do it because there was a pausing period. We're getting a distress signal. So I think they knew kind of what they were doing, which makes me even think more that it's going to end <laughs> with that. Uh, they may have been trolling a little bit. I'm sure it wasn't lost on the, the story writers that right. uh, some people might make that assumption. Uh, obviously, you know, it, it served the story. You you couldn't kick off the story without them somehow coming in contact with the ship. So uh, I don't know if it was really intentional trolling so much as people maybe thinking, oh, you know what? Some people might uh, <laughs> get a little riled up uh, at that moment. I thought the same thing. So I, I don't think you're crazy <laughs> for coming to that conclusion because that's what I thought we were going to hear. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's going to get real. Like, okay, we're, we're in the end game now. But nope, not quite yet. We're still yeah. in the calm before the storm. The first order is tight on their heels, right? And they just keep fumbling their way back into the first order's clutches. But we haven't quite uh, figured out how we get from here to the rise of Skywalker. All right. So what if, 
Oh, speculation time. So Kaz is getting he's getting burned in just about every single episode. He's taking chances and none of them are paying sure. off. So what if at the end they get a distress signal from Crate and he's like, ah, I don't know. It might be a trap. <laughs> and that's why they don't show up. Yeah. If, if he finally comes to his senses at that point, um, that would be a little bit of irony. I don't see them going that way, but uh, hey, you know what? Anything's possible. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this was a fun episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, that moral theme going on there. It's something that, in my opinion, you can continue watching with, with children and, and having those nuggets for you that are, that are fun for a Star Wars fan. Yep. Yep. This was good. The whole season, well, the whole series, really, when you start taking it as a single piece, um, it's, it's very competent, very, very good storytelling. On the whole, a lot of childish moments, but you know what? That stuff really does play. Um, I'm going to watch this with my uh, six-year-old probably next year. I'm guessing we'll probably watch this. And I have a feeling that a lot of the stuff that maybe we grown at, I bet they're just going to eat that kind of stuff up. Uh, yeah, this is, this has been surprisingly enjoyable. And as much as I'm glad to know that it's kind of coming to a head in line with rise of the Skywalker, like we're, we are going to get some finality to the story. I kind of feel like uh, I wouldn't have mind this sticking around as a little kind of off season mm-hmm. treat when the, the big prestige live action stuff isn't airing, but Hey, two seasons. It's been pretty, it's been a pretty good ride. I uh, can't wait to see how they round it out. Yeah, I can't wait either. Well, I think that about covers season two, episode five of star Wars resistance. Um, John, where can the people find you? If you have any interest in Saturday Night Live, I produce the SNL After Party podcast. We break down every new episode of SNL. This past week, we dissected the Kristen Stewart hosted outing with musical guest Coldplay. We had a special guest, Ryan George, from um, the Screen Rant YouTube channel. He produces the pitch meeting videos, and uh, I think that they're they're brilliant. And I really wanted to get him on, and he was game, and we had a fun conversation. So if anyone is into pitch meeting or into SNL, find us at snlpodcast.com great and of course keep a close eye at starwarstvtalk.com we are developing a nice little website for you to enjoy and find the various star wars tv talk shows so if you want to listen to just resistance you will have a feed for that and then if you want to listen to just the mandalorian we are so close to that Mm -hmm. and you of course will have a specific feed for the mandalorian in fact, um, we might as well just put a, a date on it. I think we should drop the new website right around the time when Mandalorian drops, because okay. then we officially have two active feeds for people to get started with. So, uh, yeah, um, sometime next week, we should uh, have that all tied together and uh, we can push the button and flip the domain over and then people will be able to get whatever content they're hankering for. It's exciting times to be a Star Wars fan. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>